Yeah, and that's one I always skip. <laughs> I have tried it. I cannot do that one, unfortunately. I tried it, but I just can't do it. Hey, y'all. It's LJ here, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. We are so glad you're here for another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Now, here's your host, Allie. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. I am your host, Allie, joined once again today by Katie and Stacy. We just did an episode together a couple weeks back about dining, and I am really looking forward to talking with both of you again today, this time about my favorite park and strategies on how to help all of our listeners have the best day they possibly can at Epcot. Yay! I love Epcot. It's going to be a good one. I think the thing our listeners want to hear the most are strategies and tips, especially if they've never been before. It can feel very overwhelming to think, what am I doing once I get to the park? And we have tried and true strategies and tips when it comes to this park. And I cannot wait to dive into them. However, before we do, I want to once again, thank all of our listeners for being here, especially our loyal listeners that have subscribed wherever you are listening right now. This episode may have hit your phone right when you woke up on Tuesday morning, if you are already subscribed. And if it didn't, please just take one second and make that happen. It helps us. It helps you uh, by just staying up to date on all the content that we are putting out related to Disney. And we are so grateful when you do. Also, subscribe to our Patreon. Brand new. So many people joining us over there. It's been a great fun already. We are about to drop a new guide that is a companion to this very episode. So if you like what you hear and you want a visual copy of A Day at Epcot, an itinerary as told by the hosts of this podcast, make sure you get in our Patreon. We have two subscription levels and uh, you might get one of these itineraries. Yeah, I'm really excited about what we are offering to our Patreon uh, subscribers. I think that you're going to find our guides are super useful. We've gotten a lot of feedback from our community already that it's going really well, that they really love the guides, that they're super helpful. So if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon yet, make sure that you jump in and do that. It's not expensive at all. It's very affordable and it's a great way for you to show a little support and we can show you a little love back with those guides. So I want to... I want to dive in because I'm really excited to share my... I When I was thinking about this episode and the way I personally tackle Epcot, I was like imagining I was at Epcot, you know, and like living my, my dream Epcot day. And any day that I can spend at Epcot is obviously going to be a good one. This park is, in my opinion... I, I think this is the most underrated Disney park, maybe Hollywood Studios, but I think people just overlook this one. I think it people misunderstand what this park is and who this park is for. I completely agree with you. Like, I, I know you've heard me say on the podcast before that Epcot wasn't my favorite park. I have to say that after spending time and going... Epcot has grown on me a lot. I'm a girl mom. We like to go. We like to meet the princesses. And we spend a lot of time exploring Epcot. And just like you said, Allie, people people just kind of don't get it. Epcot is the park where you're going to go explore, where you're going to relax. It's not a let's race off to the next attraction kind of park. It's a let's chill and hang out and explore the countries and just have a good time. There's a lot to do in Epcot. 
And I think, uh, you know, I'm coming up a little bit older than you guys and went as a child in the 80s when it was brand new. Because I was a child, I really did not understand where Disney was going with this whole park. And it did take just my growing up and understanding to see how it's such a celebration of humanity. And I was looking forward to more Disney with more characters and more teacups. And you know, and it really was not that. And I think there might be a generation of my age who remembers that as well. This is a living park. Like even with the festivals, it changes year round. Like there's four, five different ways it could be throughout the year. And it's just celebrates like a way of looking to the future and how we progress as humans. And, you know, it's and celebrates even the past. If you take a little ride through the uh, through the golf ball, as people will say. So it's just really a unique and beautiful park. And I have really grown to love it. Yeah. And to both of your points, Katie, you said it's not a park where you're running to the attractions. And Stace, you said, I was expecting back in the 80s, more characters and things like that. Epcot today has some of the best, including the best attraction in all of Disney World. So they not be running from ride to ride. But that's the that's one of the misunderstandings, right? People think there aren't any or any worth visiting. So far from the truth. Not the case at all. If I pick one ride to ride all of Disney in all of Disney World on a trip, it's going to be at Epcot. Absolutely. And in terms of characters and that like Disney vibe, yeah, it's it's a different way of presenting Disney than the Magic Kingdom. But gosh, the characters, this is the park for characters, in my opinion. For sure. And if you want to see Mickey Mouse, I think it's the easiest place to see Mickey Mouse out of all the parks for sure i'm glad that you said that because a lot of people don't even realize he's there but i just wanted to say stacy i love how you said that epcot is like a celebration of humanity uh i feel like that really sums up epcot in a park very well i would say if there's any park that makes me leave feeling more optimistic or like i have a purpose in this world it's epcot Every time I go to Epcot, I leave feeling like I have this purpose that I need to go fulfill. I love Epcot for that. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I want to really accomplish today is with any Disney day, when you're in any park, you need flexibility for sure. But a little bit of strategy and knowing what you're doing goes a really long way. And Epcot is a pretty big park. World Showcase, when you're standing on one edge of it and looking at it, you kind of feel like, well, that looks really manageable. And it is for sure. But when you're in the middle of it and you're walking those countries, it is quite large. And from the back end of World Showcase all the way back up to the front entrance of the park, it's it's quite a distance. And not catching yourself from one country back to the front of the park, from the side of the park to another country, you know, and and not ping ponging all through the park and and trying to just manage your route in Epcot is a really great way to sort of approach this park that is lending itself to exploring and, and discovering in its own right. Yes, you do need some type of uh, idea of where you're going just to prevent that back and forth frustration So having that strategy is so important. Understanding of what your family's priorities are before you go in. Do you think Epcot is one of the parks where you can see almost all of it in a day? You know, you really can't. Are you going to like stop and absorb and everything in a single day? Maybe not. But more so than, let's say, Magic Kingdom, I think you can accomplish quite a bit 
in, in this park. So let's dive in. Let's explore a day at Epcot. I think the very most important thing to start with is this is the only park at Disney World that has two entrances. All three other parks have one main gate. All guests, no matter how you are arriving, what Disney transportation you're taking, you funnel through one main entrance. Epcot has two. So you have the main entrance and you will be going through those gates if you drive to the park. If you take the monorail from one of the monorail resorts or from the TTC, or if you take a bus from one of your Disney resorts. So most guests are going to be entering through that main gate. Epcot also has the international entrance, which is going to be where any guests staying on the Skyliner or anybody staying in the boardwalk area that are going to walk or take a boat are going to enter through. So the international gate is over the side of World Showcase servicing those resorts. And then the main gate is pretty much everybody else. So the majority of people are entering main gate and that's going to be one strategy. And then these other people are going to be entering international gate, which is going to lend to a different strategy. What's kind of funny about that is people like there's a meme that says, are you the kind of person that starts World Showcase in Mexico or Canada? And there's one right answer. But depending on where you're staying, you're going to go Mexico or Canada. Or France or UK. <laughs> yeah, like I am. Every time somebody says that, I'm thinking, well, I start in France <laughs> because that's the first place outside of the International Gate. <laughs> Your day for Epcot really starts, obviously, like any Disney park before you arrive. Right. So what time is your day at Epcot actually starting? Absolutely has to be at 6.58 a.m. <laughs> Perfect. 6.58 a.m. You are going to be waking up. You're probably already ready. Your kids, maybe your significant other are still sleeping, but you are more than likely listening to this episode as the planner and you got up and you got ready and you have your phone prepped to snag that first lightning lane and that virtual queue. And it's 6.58. We have a whole episode about how to snag a virtual queue. Make sure you listen to that for the best tips and tricks on scoring that. Because as this episode is released today, Guardians of the Galaxy is not only the single best attraction in all of Disney World, but it does operate on a virtual queue. And you will absolutely want to prioritize virtual queue at 7 a.m. on the dot for Guardians of the Galaxy. It is the best ride. I know that for several of you that come often, e even coming often to the parks, I know like Stacy, you've mentioned you'll get that 7 a.m. one. You'll book it for an individual lightning lane later. And heck, if you're staying for deluxe resorts, you want to get on it a third time that day, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it has happened. I love it. Yeah, I get just a high of excitement thinking about it. I don't really love spoilers, but there is this one part that says, I think we jumped back. And then anybody that's written it knows exactly what's about to happen. And it just makes me, it amps me up so much to even think about it. When you're going, you know, up the start of the attraction, we'll just say again, I, I try to stay spoiler free, but I cannot express how the queue leading up to this ride and truly once you're in the ride vehicle, just moving on towards the start of the attraction is just building and building and building. And then the excitement, it, it reaches it. You know, it lives up to the hype. So 7 a.m., you have to snag the virtual queue. That is your top priority. From there, you're going to get your lightning lane. And 
to me, Epcot has three options and there's no one single right option, but there are more correct answers based on number one, your family priorities, and number two, which of those entrances you are utilizing. So the top three Lightning Lane attractions, and this is if you're using Genie Plus, if you decide not to purchase Genie Plus, then I think these rides are still your top rope drop priority. So kind of look at it through whichever lens you plan on using. But those rides, in my opinion, are going to be Ratatouille, the Remy Adventure over in the France Pavilion, Frozen, the attraction on an Elsa Olaf attraction in Norway, and of course, Test Track up towards the front of the park. I agree. Those three are definitely the he- the heavy hitters. If I could throw in an honorable mention, I would probably also say Soren would be a good one to grab a lightning lane for just because it usually has a pretty long wait too. In my experience, Soren stays available throughout the day with lots of options for time. So I just don't look at it as a start your day with that in mind. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that you chose the top three that you have to hit it. Man, especially that frozen boat ride. Oh, that one's a little painful to wait for. I can make an argument that that is always going to have a long wait. Most kids are going to have, that's going to be a must ride for most families. And it makes sense to make that your first rope drop ride or your first lightning lane almost from either entrance. So if you're coming from the main gate, I would consider frozen being your best strategy for first lightning lane. You can come in and rope drop test track Mm -hmm. either test track. It's very important to say has a single rider line and that attraction. If the weather, if the clouds say I might rain today, I might lightning today, you know, 20 miles in the distance, test tracks going down. Anybody that's a Disney regular knows test track goes down if there's a sniff of bad wind. And so you want to make sure you get that in while the weather is good in the morning. And so if you're coming through the main gate, rope drop test track, either through the main line or single rider and have that first lightning lane set up for frozen. So that makes perfect sense in a path. You've already knocked out two headliners. And then after you chime it, after you buzz in for frozen, you're going to get the Ratatouille lightning lane. And then you have all three taken care of early in the morning. I love that. That's a perfect strategy. Yeah. If you're coming from the international gate, the only thing I would change is what you're rope dropping. So I would still get frozen as that first lightning lane. But since you're going to be coming in right by France, you're going to rope drop Ratatouille. You'll be on, in some cases, before the park even opens. I mean, the Ratatouille line is so close to the international gate that when you get in for early park entry, you're sometimes in even before that. And you're on the ride before, you know, posted opening. And so you're going to rope drop Ratatouille. And then you're going to hit that same lightning lane. And then you're going to get test track. So those are the three you're doing. And that's kind of best practice for getting all three. Yeah, I agree completely with that strategy. I would say Remy. So Remy is one of the newer attractions. Um, It came out. 2021. Okay. It came out in 2021. Um, And it's been, it's been a heavy hitter. Every time I'm in Epcot, it has a long line. So that one is definitely one to get a lightning lane for. I I'll be honest, I would not stand by stand by that one because it is always a long wait to get the lightning lane for Remy. <laughs> yeah, and that's one I will say I, I always skip. <laughs> I have tried it. Um, my motion sickness does not allow that. So just a little uh, nod to those people in similar situations as I am is I, I cannot do that one, unfortunately. That's a screen ride that 
it's super cute. I tried it, but I just can't do it. You love, it's interesting because you love Guardians. Soren and Guardians, yes. And you can ride both of those. Yep. Yeah, so I would consider those rides to be extremely sensitive when it comes to motion sickness. Epcot's kind of full of those. I don't personally have that problem at all, but I can see where a lot of these attractions would create that problem for somebody that does. So that's your 7 a.m. You're still at your resort. Some of your family still may be sleeping. You're getting virtual queue for Guardians, Lightning Lane, most likely for Frozen over in the Norway Pavilion. And depending on your entry point, you're you're starting to really think about where your family is going to go for rope drop. You've got that plan in place. I would then, depending on if you're utilizing individual Lightning Lanes, I would snag the individual Lightning Lanes for Guardians of the Galaxy because you're going to want to ride that ride twice. <laughs> Uh, you're going to get off and hope you can go right away. There is no standby queue. So you're going to want that lightning lane. Just go ahead and buy it. Now you have all three of the things you need and you're ready to get up, get moving and get ready for your day. Early park entry starts usually 30 minutes before the park opens, which is great. And depending on what time that early entry is going to be, because sometimes Epcot has a, a later open, you want to make sure you're watching your park hours because if early entry is 8.30, then when you're grabbing your virtual queues lightning and lightning lanes at 7, family is not still sleeping because you're you're out the door. Yeah, I think that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. If you're taking a bus and the Skyliner, you're going to want to be out there. Bus for sure, still an hour. Skyliner... Still probably an hour, although that's going to be a quicker, depending on which resort you're staying at. Some of the resorts have the direct line into Epcot, and some are also going to uh, require a transfer like the monorail. I feel like that's where the boardwalk resorts really shine because, man, if you're staying at Beach Club, you could be in a room that's literally like steps outside of that back entrance to Epcot. And so it's really worth it if you are an Epcot lover to stay at those boardwalk resorts. It it sure is because families that are heading out the door right after securing their their attraction you know selections at 7 you might get an extra 30 to 40 minutes in you know to get in your room to stay in your room before you get to the park which would be really great um any extra time you get is well worth it mm-hmm. the other morning strategy i think you need to be thinking about and this absolutely plays into your strategy for the day is breakfast right because my kids get hangry so if we are going to be doing a quick service breakfast then i am mobile ordering that probably before i get my lightning lanes because then right after we get the lightning lanes i can go pick it up at the quick service option right there at my resort and we can honestly eat it while we're waiting on transportation or even while we're on the transportation which is really great and then your belly is fed and you're ready for this whole day that we're going to lay out And if you plan to do a table service meal, then now is the time we can sort of talk about where that's going to fit into this strategy. So where would you go for a breakfast in Epcot? I feel like this is a question that we get a lot from our clients because a lot of the things around World Showcase, people people go to Epcot to eat around World Showcase, but a lot of those things don't open until a little bit later in the day. So where are you getting breakfast in Epcot? My breakfast choice, 100% hands down. And I like breakfast reservations at Epcot because I like eating around the world. And so I like filling my belly with a sit down early and then having the day to eat away around the world later when I'm hungry. Uh, I think that's so smart. Yeah, Akershus is for sure where I'm going. Breakfast with the princesses in Norway. It actually works perfect with the strategy I'm laying out because if I am rope dropping Remy from the international gate and then have the lightning lane for Frozen... Then I'm already right there, ready for breakfast with princesses. That was beautiful. 
and I have test track lined up. And if I'm entering from the entrance main gate, I am rope dropping test track, lightning lane frozen, again, eating Akershus, and then have my Ratatouille lightning lane lined up already. So that is my strategy. And I think it flows beautifully from either direction. And you get everybody's belly fed and extra bonus. We just met five princesses. Yeah, I feel like that's a real game changer is you get you get that character breakfast in early in the day. And then if you do see the princesses around World Showcase, it's great. It's a bonus. But if you don't see them and you want to go, you know, explore something else, that's fine, too. Uh, what was the other breakfast option that you would consider if it's not Akershus? Hmm, yes, Allie, what else could you have there for are breakfast? No other, there are no other <laughs> breakfasts I would consider Epcot. Oh my gosh, Allie. If you haven't listened to our character dining, uh, ranking the character meals, make sure you go back and listen to that because it was, in fact, the three of us. And these two are giving me a hard time because I am not a big supporter of Garden Grill. It's just not <laughs> my favorite restaurant. They're offering breakfast now. And I'm just not going because Akash just makes way more sense. So in case you're wondering, yes, Allie has lost her mind and <laughs> Stacy and I are going to Garden Grill. <laughs> really, yes. if you're thinking if you're thinking about what breakfast you want and you have to do a sit down, I do love your strategy, Allie, about, you know, get that character meal in and then you can enjoy and snack around World Showcase later. I think that's smart. Um, but it kind of comes down to, do you want breakfast with the princesses or do you want breakfast with Mickey, Pluto and Chip and Dale, right? Yes. Either way, you're going to get characters. And I think that's awesome. The other thing I'm going to throw out there for listeners that are thinking, well, I need an Epcot strategy, but we're really not big rope droppers. We don't want to rush and run, but we're going to get the virtual cues and lightning lanes. And we're going to start building those. An option for you that I love is breakfast at Topolino's. That's going to be over at Riviera or yeah, excuse me. That's going to be over at Riviera. And that's a nice option for families that are going to be laid more laid back not wanting to run. It's easy to then take the Skyliner in. You're going to enter at the international gate. And I, I really love that strategy as well for some of our more laid back listeners. So we have arrived. We have woken up. We have scored our lightning lanes. We have already rope dropped and ridden three attractions and had breakfast. It's probably 10, 10, 30 or 11, between 10 and 11 a.m. We're starting to get into late morning, early afternoon hours. Which I think if by 10 to 11 a.m. you have already done test track, ratatouille, frozen, and breakfast, that's a, a phenomenal way to start your day. Everything else is more than easy to accomplish at Epcot if that's all done by that time. Oh, for sure. I agree. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. Hopefully this is about the time you might have your guardians coming back up so that you can kind of finish up everything in the front half of the park. You're not always going to be that lucky, but it's it's most likely going to be before you can try again at one o'clock. So all of those first the first set of reservations um, will be probably before noon. So timing it in this fashion really works out very well. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. So we've already kind of mapped out how you've touched a bit of World Showcase riding Ratatouille and Frozen. Now, I think the what makes the most sense is working your way back up to world nature and world celebration up the front of the park. Mm -hmm. Those are where the bulk of the other attractions are going to be. 
And it's going to be where you want to be because Guardians is likely about to be called if it hasn't been already. It's important to note that like with any virtual queue, don't plan for it in your itinerary ahead of arrival because you have to be flexible. You're going to have to return to Guardians when Disney says. Yeah, you have to keep your plans flexible anytime you have a virtual queue in the plan. But I feel like there's a lot that you can still structure around it, right? Like, so depending on where you've entered, you're going to end up in one end of the park or the other, right? Basically the opposite of where you entered from. Uh, But I do think that heading towards the front now, like World Showcase, exploring like all the different snacks and just taking it all in, like you can hit certain pavilions as you're heading there. If I was in France right now and it's, you know, starting into the early afternoon hours, I think we would explore Canada a little bit. There's not like any rides or anything necessarily in Canada, but it's worth going and exploring on your way back up to those attractions that are at the front of the park. So I'm basically hitting UK and Canada along while I make my way to, you know, journey into imagination with Figment, maybe the Figment meet and greet that was just announced pretty recently. Uh, the land pavilion and seas with Nemo. That's sort of where I'm thinking I'm at this part of the day. Yeah. Once you've finished off that perfect morning we laid out, you're going to want to head to the front of the park. That, like you just mentioned, is going to be where Figment is, Soren, Living with the Land, the Seas Adventure with Nemo. I mean, most kids want to see that. It's kind of a, a short, not super impressive Disney attraction, but it is Nemo and it is fun and it doesn't have a height requirement. So I do recommend absolutely doing it. But at the exit of that ride is an aquarium. Mm -hmm. And so you can stop and see all the fish. And there's like a big shark mouth photo op. And kids love being in there. So this is the part of the day where I think you are exploring. If you come across a character, stop. Don't run. You don't need to run at this point. Mm -hmm. Stop and wave at Winnie the Pooh catching butterflies. Oh my gosh, yes. Meet Figment. Meet Joy if she's there, you know. And ride all of those attractions at the front of the park, except for Mission Space. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Oh, man. I was going to say, like, Winnie the Pooh is a really cute meet and greet, and he's always out there catching butterflies. But Joy is sometimes there, too. And since they announced the Figment uh, meet and greet, Joy is usually in the Imagination Pavilion as well, which is, like, the perfect home for her, of course. But I am so impressed by the Joy meet and greet from Inside Out. Uh, If you're not familiar with Inside Out, where you've been, right? It's such a cool movie. Uh, But Joy is so well personified. Her her true character really comes out through her meet and greet. And so I would recommend uh, absolutely going to meet her there. Right there by the Imagination Pavilion, though, is also where you can meet Mickey. And Stacy was saying earlier... That like Epcot is almost the best place to go meet Mickey because there's not usually that long of a line for him there, right? It is always surprisingly short when I go in there to see him. Um, and I love that. It, it's definitely the best place to go. That if you look on my Instagram, that's gonna be where my, my Mickey pictures are are from every time because it's just the, the quickest way to see him. I'm so always surprised. Mm-hmm. And this is where I would say just a reminder to use your app with the map function. It is so, so helpful to when you're just in an area, just pull it up and use the little drop down box to see all the different things. There may be a one of the little quick shows like Jammeters is a super fun little five, maybe 10 minute. I doubt it even hits 10 minutes little show 
to just catch while you're there. And if you're in the area, you might as well see it. It's really, really good. Also to to just kind of notice where the little things like there's a club cool. It only takes five minutes to kind of run through there. But if you're in the area, you need to know where it is. Go do it. Go taste the Beverly. Just using your map, knowing where that is, is so helpful with the exploring part of Epcot because there are hidden things everywhere. Hidden little, um, like that. that's how you can find where Mickey is. Um, knowing where the, the characters are nearby and where little uh, fun snacks or shows might be. Use that map function. It is very resourceful. Technically, if you had breakfast with the princesses, now you've checked Mickey off, maybe a couple other popular, well, less exposed characters, you know, um, and ridden a bunch of attractions. And we've gotten you to early afternoon. This is the time when the festival booths are not only open, but they are thriving in their environment, right? This isn't like we've just pulled up the curtain and hold on, we're just getting started over here. No. Everything is ready and it's time to to dedicate time to exploring that. And I'm talking like when you're there, there like right now I'm saying go explore the festival. It's true that there's not a festival all 365 days of the year, but there are four festivals and chances are you will be there during one. And if you're not, you can still snack and experience World Showcase at this point. I was going to say too, I know uh, Allie's like ready to dive into world showcase at this point that's really Allie's jam i'm usually spending more time uh in that front area of the park as a mom of little ones like we're in the land pavilion for usually a good while because we'll do a rider switch situation where one of us goes with the older kiddos on soren while the other one takes the baby on living with the land and we'll rider swap there you can't miss turtle talk in that seas with nemo pavilion either it is so fun. It's such a cute show. My my kids like to, they'll ask me to like feed them a question to ask. And I always do, you know, are, are turtles homeless if they lose their shell? Or I saw recently in a TikTok, a kid had asked how, how do turtles go to the bathroom? And it was just like hilarious. Be, be prepared for that to be a really cool time to just sit down in the air conditioning and enjoy, but it's a really good show. Um, there's also a ton of playgrounds and everything there. The new Moana, uh, journey, journey of water walkthrough is in that area by seas with Nemo. There's a playground over outside of the creation store. There's a playground over by mission space. You know, let me talk for a minute here about mission space. Cause I know it gets a lot of hate and I'll be honest. I do not ride mission space, but my little ones, my four and seven year old, love mission space they love it i don't even understand this but i'm spending a lot of time with our two-year-old hanging out at the playground behind mission space because they think it's great so that's fine (laughs) yeah and i think it's definitely time to explore all of those things more than likely before you hit world showcase even though Mm -hmm. i'm ready to run towards the countries at this point it does make sense to make sure you get this stuff in because once you are really dedicating time around that loop, you don't want to run all the way back up to the front of the park to do turtle talk. Yeah. You're just not going to. So make sure you do it now. My my son asked like, how old are turtles when they're born or something like that? <laughs> and Crush was like, uh, zero? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Crush is really funny. Crush is fantastic. He is an excellent character. Right. And of course, Journey with with Water, Journey of Water with Moana. And what about Spaceship Earth? I know we're all in agreement that 
you need to do the front of the park first. But do y'all wait till like near the end of the day to do Spaceship Earth? Spaceship Earth is usually one of the first things that we do. I'm always like, oh, hmm. Spaceship Earth is like a walk-on right now. Let's go hit that real quick. That's that's usually what I hmm. do if I'm entering from a, from the front, front of the park. I don't think it's worth rope dropping. <laughs> that no. line is never terribly long. Even if it looks long, it's never terribly long because they're constantly loading that one. But you have to hit Spaceship Earth at some point throughout your day because, man... I leave Spaceship Earth always feeling like Katie has a purpose in this world. What am I going to go do? What am I going to do to shape the future? Like, I love Spaceship Earth. I just bought a shirt that says, if you can read this, thank the Phoenicians. Okay. (laughs) When my daughter was three, Spaceship Earth was her favorite ride. She loved it. And when when we ride directly relates to where we're staying. So... Mm. If we are staying in the boardwalk area, I usually will do Spaceship Earth during this time we're talking about right now when we're in the front of the park dedicating time there. But if we're staying somewhere where we're taking the monorail or a bus in, then I'll usually hit Spaceship Earth sort of at the end of the day, more towards when it's time to funnel to the exit or right before fireworks, something like that. Uh, Yeah, we just fit it in as it as it relates to where we're staying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this is the only not I think this is the only park that your resort will directly impact your itinerary for sure mm-hmm. yeah so you've explored journey with water you have done the playgrounds please at Epcot give yourself that freedom mm-hmm. if you stumble upon a playground outside of mission space play there mm-hmm. if you walk up on a character meet them you know, you you don't have to run. Yes. And I feel like that that is such an important point to make, because like I said earlier, Epcot was not my favorite park the first time that I took my kids. And it's because I did it wrong. Like <laughs> I was too busy running around World Showcase trying to hit like the the next lowest wait times and we weren't really taking the time to slow down and explore and we're doing all this walking and my kids are so fed up with walking and they felt like they didn't really get to enjoy the day because I wasn't letting them pause to take that time to play at the really neat playground. Do that. Take some time to chill. (laughs) Totally agree. I think I think this is one of the parks where you do take the spontaneity that comes with it. And if that means, you know, and that's why prioritizing things is so important to make sure you don't miss the things that really, really are important. But so many other things can be bumped down for the cause of spontaneity and and just taking advantage of what you stumble upon. And I think that's really important for everyone to keep in mind. The other thing to that point, Stacey, is there's a lot of times that you know, if you have a character that you really want to meet, but they're not a regular character meet and greet, Epcot is the park where they will usually put those rare characters to just come out spontaneously and greet people during the day. They're not going to be scheduled. Sometimes it's Jack and Sally. Sometimes it's Pinocchio and Geppetto. If you have a character that is high on your list, but not necessarily one that you can plan to go meet, Epcot has a lot of those characters, too. So it does lean a lot into the spontaneity of it. And while we're talking about this is a strategy episode, right? I don't want to lose sight of our listeners that are using Genie Plus. It's important to know that the front end of the park, when you're dedicating this time to riding, like we're talking, the order of selection 
is really going to be just based on looking at your app. You're going to look at your tip board and that is going to tell you when you're going to Soren, you know, because that's probably the next lightning lane you're grabbing. And then if you're doing mission space, that one, and you're just going to kind of follow the flow of the front of the park as it works best to those GD plus wait times. So I think once you're through those first three picks, your next pick is probably Soren. And then you're just kind of following your tip board to make sure everything has a nice flow and you're hitting what's next up that, that particular day. If you, so now that we've talked about like the front of the park and the other sort of like world celebration, world nature, world discovery, now that we've like hit that and we're going to really dig into world showcase and have the snacks and enjoy the festival, what is your favorite country to hang out in? Okay. So first of all, I want to establish what time it is because we've done all of our morning routine. Now we've done our hangout. We're probably three o'clock. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. we're at maybe three o'clock. That's still a whole day. That is plenty of mm-hmm. time to dig into what's next. And think of everything yeah. you've allowed yourself to accomplish. You know, you don't feel too tired. But if you had that breakfast reservation or if you did that quick service, you're hungry now. So my favorite... Like, I'm always hungry at Epcot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Epcot's a good place to be hungry. Yeah, everything always looks good. So my favorite countries to hang out in are are later on our journey. We're not actually going to get to them for a while, but they are Italy and France by far. But Mm -hmm. it's time now to answer a question. Great debate. We have just accomplished our morning. We have ridden the front of the park. We are relaxed and we're ready to go. We approach World Showcase and we're looking at these two gift shops, right? The two little iconic gift shops right in front of the lagoon. And we're faced with a choice. (laughs) You're going left to Mexico. You're going right to Canada. Answer carefully. Where are you going? Definitely to the left for me. Always Mexico first, for sure. That's just the side I want to have nachos, of course. (laughs) That helps. Um, So the snacking there is really important. Um, I also just like the desserts that I can get at Norway next. I like seeing Donald Duck. He's right over there, too. Katie, you're thinking right now. Do not even say you're going to go to Canada. I'm I'm trying to decide if I would. Well, here's the thing. So if you go towards Canada, right, my family likes to go eat the poutine. I mean, poutine makes everybody happy. And my husband would tell you that the steaks at La Cellier are his, like, the best that he's ever had in life. And I know that we're not talking about, like, sit-down restaurants right now because there is so much to enjoy at outdoor kitchens as they say around world showcase i'm i'm seriously trying to decide would i go to canada or would i go to mexico because if you started your day from the front of the park we hit test track we hit we hit norway we hit the frozen ride i wouldn't say we hit norway though we were there to meet anna and elsa. that's true we, we probably met anna and elsa we rode frozen and we maybe ate at akershus you still haven't like tried maybe one of the snacks or one of the desserts which are really great there you haven't shopped Mm. all right you've convinced me i'll i'll go the mexico pathway i don't know if (laughs) listeners i don't know if listeners have picked up on this but i am so good at convincing katie like (laughs) (laughs) i am so good at convincing katie and we'll just adapt to my plans when we're together because we're going left of course we're going to left you're you're not going to canada duh if you're going to Canada, I'm going to need you to like find us on social media or if you're in our Patreon, I need to know why. 
why are you in Canada first? Because there is no make- reason. <laughs> you're going to Mexico. And if you're there during a festival, you're going to get one of the little pamphlets so you can see all the food booths you're going to come up on. The street corn is usually right there. Oh my gosh, it's so good. If there is a festival, whatever Mexico is serving up is going to be delicious. If there's not a festival, you can still grab nachos, like Stacey said, at that quick service. The tequila bar is there if you drink tequila, which I actually don't drink tequila. But if you do, which many of our listeners probably love a margarita, Mexico is where you're going. I was going to say, too, I've been since my birthday, which is in March, (laughs) I've been thinking about making reservations for one of the restaurants inside the Mexico Pavilion because they have this dessert that it's like a chocolate pyramid filled with mousse and like it has a churro base and oh my gosh it sounds amazing and I still want to go try it (laughs) the only acceptable reason to go to Canada first I guess is if you have a late dinner in Mexico you could consider going to the right and then arriving in Mexico at dinner time even then though that would be hard for me but I could I could see the argument there's a lot more to do on that side of world showcase i think you need more energy for the mexico side which you have earlier in the day so by the end of the day you get over there towards the uk you chill out go see my good buddies command performance yeah. and then you walk on up through <laughs> you walk on up through canada and you're just going a little slower pace by that time and it just feels very canadian to go slower right so it's just <laughs> um i just think that's no question the way to go. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to Mexico because we said so. And you're gonna meet you're gonna meet Donald. Now you can ride the Grand Fiesta tour. You're gonna go in the pyramid. You want to go in the pyramid. Go shop in that pyramid. There are so many cool things. My brother has three of those large like sugar skulls. They're all really uniquely hand painted, which is really cool. And every time I see them in his house, I just remember when we went in there and he bought those. There are so many cool eclectic things to buy in there. There's a little boat ride, uh, which our good friend and co-host Becky calls remarkable. <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> think it is, but go te- check it out. Like you definitely want to do that. And I think arguably Mexico has the most to offer as a pavilion. I I'm going to disagree with that, but I'll say what my my choice is whenever we get around to that part of World Show. I have one other one, which is actually my favorite pavilion. And if you've listened to other episodes of this show, then people know what that is. But this is definitely up there. It has an attraction. Uh, it has a meet and greet. It has an incredible shop, delicious food, drinks. It has a lot mm-hmm. going on. Mexico does have a lot. Yeah, work your way around to Norway. You've probably already met Anna and Elsa. You've probably already ridden Frozen Ever After. So now you're shopping and you're eating and you're getting one of Stacy's favorite drinks. <laughs> get that get that Viking drink. Yeah, and, and you're just kind of nicely working your way through. Uh, just as we're kind of talking about the order of the countries, uh, China is next. You can very likely stumble upon Milan my daughter's favorite princess and she's usually hanging out in the chinese gardens there which is really beautiful and it's a great way to meet her is there anywhere else on property that you can meet mulan yes we met her you can meet mulan by the train in magic kingdom it's a newer meet and greet and it's a beautiful one uh but and that is actually one where you can go up to her and get your picture i believe in epcot at least last time we met her it was more of a distance mm-hmm. distance thing yeah and that the the china pavilion really is so beautiful it is worth even if you're just kind of doing a quick walk through 
Um, their quick service over there is really delicious too. So that is a nice one. And I don't feel like it's quite as much as it used to be, but when they have an entertainment segment over there, it is fantastic. They really have some very talented performers in China. So yeah, it just continues to build why this direction is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of festivals, which I know I keep bringing up, but chances are you're going to see a festival. These are my favorite two festival locations, regardless of the festival that we're visiting during. So Mexico and China, I am almost always getting a snack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what's up after China then? So you're going to walk through China. You're going to explore in there. And then I think there's like a little like African outpost section that you can explore a bit too. Um, They have like drums and everything. I do kind of run through there. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I love it. I actually love it. You know, we hadn't mentioned up to this point too, like your kids will have things to do around World Showcase as well, not just meeting the princesses. There's KidCot as well, where they can stop at all the different stations throughout the country. KidCot basically gives your kiddos like a passport. And at each country, you sort of learn about the country and do something interactive and fun. And you get a sticker or a stamp or something for that passport. So it is really fun. And it's something that keeps your kids super entertained while you're shopping and really diving into these pavilions, which are so fun. And a lot of times during the year, they'll have another sort of scavenger hunt game sort of happening opposite KidCot. So there's actually mm-hmm. sometimes of year two things going on where your kids can collect stickers or points and prizes uh, just by visiting these pavilions with you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. My kids get a lot out of it for sure. Yeah, you're going to make your way to Germany. Uh, my wife loves the food in Germany. And uh, obviously the beer selection there is really, really great. Uh, lots of cheeses and pretzels and popcorn. Super good. You know, really not my favorite, but really good. Uh, and I know that's a lot of people's like, that's what they are there for. Uh, and Snow White is there throughout the day a lot. And she's doing meet and greets. Line's usually pretty manageable. Uh, the little train. There's a train in Germany and you can run up and through it. My kids mm-hmm. love that. The linear train, train station is super cute. They actually, they hide a lot of hidden elements in there, depending on what time of year you go. Like if you're uh, in that area around Halloween, some of the people will be replaced with zombies and they're just these little teeny tiny miniature figures, but it's hilarious. And so it's worth just pausing for a minute to explore. Uh, You mentioned that your wife loves the food in Germany and I'm going to back her up because I do love to eat the food in Germany more often than not. Yeah. And I'm usually already full on Mexico and and China. So I'm sitting Germany out and usually taking the kids to the train. Uh, Because next up is one of my favorites, and that's Italy. Do not rush through this area because right across the walkway of these pavilions are gorgeous photo spots, bridges and things that are just going to be really beautiful views of the lagoon of the of spaceship earth. And this is a really great area, this back end of world showcase that we're now entering to really go slowly and absorb, you know, the views the photo spots, as well as the food and and the shopping. So in Italy, I'm definitely grabbing a glass of wine and I'm probably getting a tiramisu push pop. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, I actually, I like to go shopping in Italy because I feel like they offer more more unique or more different apparel options there. Sometimes I don't always want to go get a t-shirt. And I have found that I like to shop in Italy for clothes sometimes because, you know, they'll have that cute Minnie Mouse tank top with a big bow on the back. They just, 
they have different options to go shopping for. And in this area too, if there is a festival going on, this tends to be where they do put a lot of fun shops that are festival related in this general area. Mm -hmm. Um, So I enjoy that as well. And after Italy, we have the USA. This is somewhere we don't really spend a lot of time because this is where we live. And so we kind of, (laughs) with the exception of stopping to maybe just see the performance that's on the stage, because sometimes, I mean, this is where the stage is. So this is where you're going to see Mm -hmm. Broadway performers during Festival of the Arts, which is a must, or the Garden Rocks concert series is going to be here. This is where Barbie was in the 90s. So lots of fun (laughs) things. The candlelight processional is going on here. So you might want to stop and see, depending on what time of year you're there. Uh, But the number one thing I'm doing in the USA Pavilion is grabbing a moonshine sour uh, on my way as I walk through to Japan. Now, if you appreciate vocalists of any kind, you really have to stop in to the American Pavilion, um, the building area, and listen to Voices of Liberty. They are some of the most talented Disney performers um, that sing. It's an acapella group, and they sing in the rotunda, which has the most amazing sound quality. It's really beautiful. It only takes a few minutes, but look them up on their schedule and do stop in there and applaud them because they are some of the best Disney talent you're going to hear. Yes, I do really like the acapella group in the America Pavilion. Um, I have caught them before. One time, it was a time that my husband, Matt, and I, we were on a date day at Epcot, which never happens for us, but we did get one date day at Epcot. We decided to check out the American Adventure Show. Oh boy. If you guys think that you're napping in Carousel Progress, I don't think you've watched the American Adventure Show because we literally were nodding off. I would I would say you could you could skip that one on <laughs> your Epcot day. A lot of these shows and things are are uh, quite honestly things we're skipping. At this point, we've done the shows and attractions. We already covered that in the first half of the day. And now we are really enjoying just the cultures and the shops and the foods. That's really where our focus has gone. And of course, if you haven't ridden Ratatouille yet, we're rounding our way to France and and you can try to hit it. But without our strategies from the morning, you're going to be looking at an hour and a half wait, you know? So that's why it's important to strategize. So you move on through Japan, same type deal, great shop, super true to the culture, great food. Hibachi is there, that great, you know, uh, restaurant if you're looking for a sit down. Uh, The best photo spot in Epcot, in my opinion, outside of maybe the bubblegum wall, which we should probably mention because a lot of a lot of our followers probably want to get their picture at that wall. And that's going to be best to do earlier in the day because it's up at the front part of the park. Uh, So you're going to want to make time for that. But the best photo spot is in Japan under that beautiful trellis that they have. Oh, yeah. Right when you're looking through it is a perfectly centered visual of Spaceship Earth. And you're going to want to put your family there and get that picture because I just think it's it's the one in this park. It is the picture in that park. You are completely correct. And there's a lot of people that love the Japan Pavilion just because that's where you're going to find a lot of like the anime kind of stuff in the shops. And it's like, it you feel like you're transported to Japan whenever you explore the shop in the Japan Pavilion. Yeah, definitely. So I think those are the things you're kind of hitting there. Next, you're going to stumble right on into Morocco, which is quite honestly a bit of an understated pavilion uh, or or an underrated, I guess I should say, because there aren't really any shows or attractions there. But the food, the Moroccan food, the spiced sangrias, meeting Jasmine, you know, she's often meet and greeting there. Uh, and the shopping, the shopping in Morocco is phenomenal. Now, they mm-hmm. do have a fun little band right there. They have a fun band that performs um, with a belly dancer. She's really beautiful. 
And that's a fun little thing as you're walking through as well. But I do agree that um, Morocco is often overlooked. Um, however, it is a great little spot that you can stop and have a sit down. Some day, some parts of the day, like middle of the day, it may not be uh, very shaded back there. But as the sun is kind of not just straight up overhead, you can find some spots to sit and relax and um, and go to the restroom in that area and just kind of take a break for a minute. Just just know that it's there. It's a little a uh, little hidden spot over there. I would actually say I think Morocco is probably the most beautiful of the countries. Like there are so many vibrant colors and the beautiful tiles and they have hidden Mickeys and stuff set up throughout there. Like there's there's a lot to explore and enjoy in Morocco. I agree. I think people just plow through it way too quickly without stopping to recognize its beauty and and taste seriously, taste that food and, and drink that sangria. Uh, to give you an idea of how relaxing this can be, because, you know, we've worked our way through early afternoon. We're kind of hitting early evening at this point once you've spent time on mm-hmm. these pavilions and you probably need a break. And so to kind of give our listeners an understanding of how restful Morocco can be, we were all together in uh, September of this year for a big conference for Smart Moms Travel, which is the agency that we work for. And, you know, us three, as well as 10 other agents, we, we used that Moroccan pavilion to sort of have a meeting to sit and discuss uh, our job and our strategies and things that we love. And, and we used that area as a quiet place to work within a busy park. You know, we were we were there at a pretty busy, busy weekend. And so that's just to kind of give our listeners an understanding of how relaxing this area can truly be. Yeah. Now that we have taken a break in World Showcase, let's go ahead and take a break here on this episode. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up your perfect Epcot itinerary. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know you're ready to get back to the podcast, but I've got something very simple for you to do. Join my Facebook group, Disney Planning Made Simple. I'm Stacy, one of your podcast hosts, and I have a sweet, friendly Facebook group made for those of us who thrive in the simple pleasures of life. Things like family, food, and Disney. Join at facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Made Simple or follow with the link in the show notes. We'll be so happy to see you there. Hey there, friends. I'm Katie Boone, one of your podcast co-hosts. I'd love to invite you to join my Facebook Disney planning community called Planning Disney with Babies, Toddlers, and Preschoolers. In my group, I love discussing all the aspects of planning your magical vacation with little ones. Find my community at facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. When you join, don't forget to tell me you heard about my group on the podcast. See you there. All right. Welcome back. We have just rested here on the show. We have rested in World Showcase. We're picking back up, heading into France, which Katie, I'm going to assume is the pavilion you are going to argue has the most to offer. Yeah. And I I do not disagree with you. France is my favorite pavilion. Uh, I I actually do agree with you. Here's where you're going to find a better attraction than the Caballeros in Mexico. This is where Ratatouille is. Uh, the ice cream, the desserts, the champagne, the slushies, the food, the sit downs, the shows. It's great. It is good. It's really good. This is also where you can meet Belle and Aurora. Aurora is my daughter's favorite princess, and she's really hard to meet in the parks. You can meet her at Akershus, but it's she's a hard one to find. And so if it's like do or die that your kiddo has to meet Sleeping Beauty, you, you got to meet her here in France, right? And this is a really beautiful area as well. 
um, with some nice photo opportunities. That fountain there is really pretty. Um, and it's just, it's very nice over there. You got the um, Eiffel Tower <laughs> visual, like mm-hmm. it's really nice. Um, and being able to see the, uh, the sky gondolas, the skyliner <laughs> going across too. It's a really nice ambiance and um, real vibe over there. Yeah. So once you've spent a really good amount of time in France, which I think you will do, because there's even two sides of this pavilion. There's like a back end and two alleyways, Mm -hmm. the crepes, the crepe walk up window, delicious. You can leisurely go explore UK and Canada. They're not going to take much time. Now is the time of day when you are going to be thinking about fireworks, right? So it's important to mention, which we haven't already, typically throughout the day in Epcot, there is a friendship boat that docks right there by Morocco and France, and it will take you from the back end of World Showcase back to the front entrance, which honestly, during the heat and when your feet are really tired or if you're trying to get to your virtual queue, that boat is a great way to save time and your feet. Stop running that boat at about 5 p.m. So... At this point, when you've spent time in France, you're probably not going to be able to utilize that. So you're going to leisurely make your way through UK and Canada. And it's time to stake out for fireworks. And we are a stakeout family. We do sit down early to make sure we get the best view because the fireworks view really, really matters to us. Yeah. And I would say, too, that in Epcot, it's really important where you position yourself for the fireworks. On December 5th, they are launching the new show, Luminous. And so that's going to be another one where those barges are back. What did what did Becky call them? The, tacos. The techno tacos. tacos. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever those are back in part of the show again, it's going to be important that you're watching it from a particular angle. And if you're watching it from that front, I think they call it like port of entry where you're just getting into the world, world showcase from the front of the park, that's going to be one of the good places to see those visuals. Yeah. And I think the absolute number one best place to watch the fireworks there, I mentioned briefly earlier, those two gift shops right at the front of world showcase, they kind of look like the exact same building right, but right in front of that is that big terrace. And sometimes there are dessert party or viewing areas that are reserved over in that area, but there are plenty of, spots right there on that terrace and up against the gate and that's where i absolutely recommend getting there early and getting a spot and then my second recommendation would be the bridge between france and the uk sort of right when you enter the international gate there's a bridge there and and that's also a really great viewing spot yeah i would also say like the american pavilion is pretty good as well there are certain spots that are going to be better than others but at the end of the day a disney a disney fireworks show is still better than a fireworks show anywhere else i'm i'm a little sad that harmonious had such a short run because i have this memory of stand standing and holding my little one up on my shoulder and them watching the harmonious show and just tears are streaking down my face because they are so immersed in the magic of that show and i'm really excited for what luminous is going to be bringing for us yeah i'm I'm super optimistic for that show i cannot wait to see it i think we've just really closed out our perfect epcot day right and i want to just reiterate the fact that spending time in these pavilions and not feeling like you have to rush and for any smart moms travel agents listening today the hidden mickey will be pavilion because these are areas that you are so unique to epcot and that front half of the day really being dedicated to rushing if you have to getting on rides stacking lightning lanes seeing shows experiencing and then relaxing and and really immersing yourself through world showcase 
space to then round out and finish with fireworks. The exit of the park, if you're International Gate and heading to the Skyliner, this is again when staying at the Boardwalk or the Beach Club is going to be great because you're just going to walk home. But, you know, being from that central location, you're going to be close to the International Gate. You're also going to be close to the main gate. So that's also why I prefer it, not just for the view, but for convenience as well. Yeah, for sure. I think something else we should throw in as far as strategizing If you are staying at a deluxe resort and if you have, if you're figuring out your what days of the week you want to go, you do need to consider, um, I think it's mostly Mondays right now that extended hours at Epcot are available and it's open to like midnight and it offers that, that extra opportunity to ride Guardians. And just having that opportunity to really spread out your day, it allows for that to have for that to be a day where you can take a break back at your resort and then go back and finish up your night there. And it's such a nice way to really experience Epcot in that much slower nighttime vibe. It's really nice. So when you're considering strategy, maybe strategize your resort to be a deluxe so that you have these extra hours and having your Monday be your Epcot day. Yeah, and if you're staying deluxe, there's a really good chance that you are on the Skyliner, on the boardwalk, or on the monorail. You know, that covers uh, six resorts right there, you know? And so you're also setting yourself up for such great convenience. Exactly. I think that's great. I think we just laid out the perfect day. That means that after fireworks, you are going to ride Guardians again, which is great. You know, that's fantastic. Uh, But either way, even if you don't have those deluxe after hours, even if it's not a Monday, you just really checked everything off and you did it without running and without wearing yourselves out. Yeah, that's really important. Well, I have a very fun special lightning lane that I want to do based off of our strategies. You guys ready? Uh, Let's do it. All right, let's go. All right, Katie. What pavilion is the best place to get a snack? I'm going to say France. They just have so many good, yummy treats. Stacey, what has the best festival? Oh, the best festival is definitely Festival of the Arts. Oh, I agree. Uh, Katie, what is the best quick service meal at Epcot? Oh, best quick service. I'm probably going to go, if it's not uh, an outdoor kitchen or a world showcase, I'm probably going to the Connections Cafe. Totally. Stacey, best sit-down table service option at Epcot? Well, you know, we've argued about this before, but (laughs) because I rarely (laughs) am doing a sit-down meal at Epcot because I like the freedom to wander Um, But we do like to do the breakfast at Garden Grill. (laughs) I can't uh, close an episode about Epcot, even though this wasn't really about food. It was more about strategy without at least mentioning Via Napoli. That pizza in the Italy pavilion Mm. is really, really good and for us. Uh, So and and for me, if I am doing a sit down restaurant, I'm definitely doing it in World Showcase at Epcot. Like for sure. If you're going to Epcot and you want a sit down dinner or lunch, Think about the types of food you like to eat and then look inside or ask your smart mom's travel agent which sit-down restaurants are offered in that pavilion. And that's going to help you really narrow down the best meal. Katie, what's the best place to capture a picture in Epcot? Oh, man. I'm going to tell you that what you had mentioned earlier about the Japan Pavilion is probably the the greatest place to get it. But I think there's also another really good spot. And that's towards the front of the park as you're entering before you even get to Spaceship Earth. They do a lot of really cool photos there of your family in front of Spaceship Earth. They have like a magic shot there that's like way zoomed in. So I might actually say that even though I think the Japan option is great as well. And Stacey, are you spending more time riding or exploring World Showcase? Goodness, I think I'm riding everything as much as I possibly can. And the World Showcase is the filler. Definitely. Katie, best place to take a rest at Epcot? Oh, it's it's going to be Morocco for sure. That's the best place to just sit and chill. I agree. Stace, last one. 
country you'll spend the most time in? I think it ends up being Mexico. I really do. There, Like you said, I, I do enjoy France for sure. I like to get my ice cream back there. But when it comes to how many minutes and spending in, in a country, it's going to be Mexico. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be Mexico and France. I mean, those are just where people end up. Yep, for sure. This was super fun. I hope that any listener, you know, tuning in that has stumbled across this episode or maybe it hit your phone, you know, this morning, right when it dropped. I hope you get a lot out of this and that you feel at ease when planning your Epcot day, because I just know that park strategy is something that really intimidates a lot of people and it doesn't have to. And there are good ways. There are multiple ways, you know, to tackle these parks. But these are tried and true things that, you know, we have all done and I think will set you up for absolute premium success. So that's going to do it for us today on the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Once again, just a reminder, stop what you're doing right now and like and subscribe. Make sure you are following us on all social media. It really helps us out. Become a member of our Patreon where you can engage with us uh, and just set yourself up for Disney success by making sure you never, ever miss an episode of this podcast. We just want to thank you all for being here, of course, and... While you're subscribing and liking uh, on the podcast platform you prefer, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Uh, recently, we had a listener, RM0824, give us a five-star review and say, this podcast is full of knowledge. It's perfect podcast to listen to during my morning commute. And it also gets me so pumped for our next Disney trip. Such an easy listen, yet full of knowledge and experience. That makes me so happy. I want this to be an easy listen. I want you to feel like you're right here with us, engaging in the conversation. Maybe you're even answering our questions right along with us as we're asking them and you're in your car or wherever it is that you listen. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out our other episodes, The Right Way to Do Epcot, where we just talk a little bit more about everything Epcot has to offer. And we also think you might enjoy listening to your first ride at Disney isn't what you think. Let's talk Disney transportation. That episode covers the Skyliner and the monorail and the bus system, the boats, lots of different transportation options that do get you to Epcot that we mentioned here on this episode today. So you might want to go back and give those a listen because they go perfect with this one if you are planning a trip to Disney World. That's it for this time. And until next time, we'll see you real soon.